Awesome. Thanks for being here, everyone. Talking to Grant on the way to church this morning, and hey, buddy, we're celebrating the feast or the solemnity of Jesus Christ, King of the universe. He goes, what does the universe mean? I'm like, well, it's everything you can imagine. He goes, even over Star Wars? I guess, buddy, even over Star Wars. <laughs> like, Lord, yeah, relate to his heart however you see fit, right? Love it. Awesome. So we are in a series of talks here, um, really to go back to remember the Lord is about in covenant community, in particular, what is he about here in HRCC? Um, I think it can't be said enough or can't be reminded of it too many times that this is part of a renewal. This is part of something the Lord is doing through his salvation plan for humanity. Uh, and, and I know it to be true in my life, and I know it to be true in, in your lives. I've seen, I've seen it. Um, and so we're spending some time going back, going through kind of what is going on in the world today. Um, where's our place? What are we about here as a community? And so Matt's last talk, he, he outlined for us this reality that we live in a culture, and when we're raised in a culture and in a certain way of living, that it affects us, and we start to see the world in a certain way, right? And, and, and as Christians, it actually takes an intentional decision to see the world through the eyes of a Christian, through the eyes of a disciple. Um, so that's the lens that we're going for here. I was thinking about this, and, and it's so easy to kind of get swept up in this current of what's going on. If you just, if you don't have intentionality in your life, it's really easy just to kind of go with what else is going on in the world. I think the Lord would rather us step out of that current and actually be the ones on the shore, maybe helping others come out of that current as well. But that takes intentionality on our part to, you know, to choose to live for him um, and to choose to have a worldview focused on, on the Lord. As we move into the content of this talk, I just wanted to, to remind us of what the Holy Spirit does for us um, in discerning things and understanding things. I was listening recently to a, a talk, um, and the, the speaker was talking about how the Holy Spirit helps us to have a better understanding of what Jesus has done for us. And I was thinking about my, my own life, and I, I I grew up Catholic. I grew up going to, you know, Holy Week and hearing that Jesus Christ was crucified, died, um, was buried, and then rose again. And I heard this, and I remember the readings being long, and I remember that experience of it. But there was a, came a point later in my life when I committed my life to the Lord, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, that then I had an experience of what the Lord had done for me. And the Holy Spirit then opened up this knowledge to me. I had experienced it in a way that I hadn't before. And so I just want to share that as, as any time we, we go into life, whatever it might be, the Spirit is there to guide us. He is sent as our, as our advocate, as our help. And so he is there to help give us the wisdom that we need for our lives. And also, um, the timing of this talk, I think, is really fitting. We're moving into Advent soon. And in the wisdom of our church, you maybe have noticed if you read the daily mass readings, there's a lot of talk about the end of the world. <laughs> there's a lot of talk about end times. There's a lot of talk about persecution. Um, and that is important to think about because Advent is not just a season to think about and prepare hearts for Christmas. It is obviously that. And I love Christmas, and I love the thought of baby Jesus coming, you know, and the hope of the world. But also, he will come 
again, and we will see him again, right? And so we need to prepare our hearts for that second coming as well. We may not experience his second coming, um, you know, the big second coming, but there will be a point in every one of our lives that we will go to meet the Lord. And Nick, how many years do you and I have left? We're the same age, <laughs> same birthday. <laughs> there you go. We're good. <laughs> we turned 36 this year. You know, we had a good 60, 70 years left. <laughs> so... <laughs> I know I look more 36 than you do, brother, but <laughs> uh, you hide it well. All right. Anyways, the point is, yeah, that, that it's a blink of the eye and, you know, our life really truly is when compared to eternity. So to prepare our hearts. So discerning the times, the signs of the times, why should we? Well, the Lord encourages us to, first of all. So um, the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus. Jesus had been about his work for a while now. He had been healing people. He had been preaching. He had been saying things like, he's the son of man. And they said, give us a sign from heaven for what you're doing here. Like, prove to us that you can do this. And Jesus basically calls them hypocrites. And he's like, you look at the sky at night and you say, it is red. Uh, so tomorrow morning, the weather will be fair. And then in the morning, you, you wake up and you look at the sky and you say, you know, it looks like it could storm today. Basically, he's like, you can dis- you discern the weather, but you're making no effort to discern who I am and what I am here for, right? And he said, the only sign that I'm going to give you is the sign of, of Jonah. And we know the story of Jonah, besides just being swallowed by a fish. <laughs> what did he do? His sign or his, what was given to him is he went to Nineveh and said, if you don't repent, you have 40 days, and then this city will be destroyed, and it will be torn down. And then Nineveh did repent. Jesus comes with the same answer, with the same message to repent, to turn away from your wickedness, because that is a path of destruction. And he does not desire that for any of us. So that, he said, would be the only sign that he would give. But he rebuked them for not discerning and not making an effort to discern the signs of the times of him coming and what he was preaching and doing. So what is this reality that we find ourselves in? Well, it's important to always remember that we are in a spiritual battle. This isn't going to ever end. (laughs) And the enemy doesn't play fair. He twists things very slightly and causes deception. Um, And we can see this happen in our world today. Not everything is so blatantly evil where it's like, I really should stay back and away from that, right? Not everything is. Sometimes it's just these subtle lies, these subtle, he takes the good things and twists them just subtly to where that just perpetuates itself before we know we're a little too far off course, right? And so it's important that we would plant ourselves in good soil and have a strong foundation so that we can respond to that. It's evident today that the spirit of the Antichrist is moving. Like anything the enemy does is anti-Christ, right? So anything against the Lord, against Jesus and its nature is anti-Christ. We see that this is happening. We're taught in Scripture that we cannot serve two masters because we will end up hating and despising one of them. And it is really hard to serve only God in our culture, right? (laughs) It is not easy. The changing of our moral fabric is happening. Things that used to be held as truths as really important and fundamental um, are now sometimes considered intolerant or discriminatory. Interesting thing I came across 
in preparation of this that I just think find interesting, so I'm going to submit it for you to, to think about yourselves, is I was listening to a talk by Ralph Martin, who's the, he's the president of Presentation Ministries, charismatic guy, he's cut from the same cloth as us, good, good ministry. He had, was remarking on a speech by Vladimir Putin, of all people, he's the leader of Russia. Putin was commenting how in the U.S., things that are happening is what the Bolsheviks had done, what the Communist Party had tried to do. And these were not good people, the Bolsheviks. Uh, the, uh, I'm not trying to get political. It's not the point of this. They did really bad things to a lot of people. But what he was remarking on is like they're tearing down these moral fabrics, these truths of one man, one woman, that male and female are created by God. You know, like these things were being torn down. And he was commenting on this. I just find it very interesting that he was commenting on that. Um, and so I just submit that as like, that's just an example of the moral fabric. And we're hearing from someone who went through something horrible um, saying that this is not a good path to go on. And, and uh, if you remember back to Fatima as well, Mary told the children, if people do not repent, if they do not pray the rosary, um, the, the evils and the errors of Russia would be spread across the world. So there is this air of thinking in the world today that if it is good in my heart, if, if I think that it is good, then it must be so, that it is true, that it is truth then. So it's not uncommon for people to create an identity based off of their feelings, and it's not uncommon to rationalize behavior. I do this in my own life. Like, I can rationalize behavior that's not the best behavior, Right? Um, it's not what God has called me to. And we know from Scripture and from the wisdom of our church that we were born into original sin, and we also have a tendency for sin, right? So maybe there's a possibility that my heart is not always pure. Maybe there's a possibility that my decisions are not always the best. So maybe there's a source of truth out, outside of myself, right? And Jesus... Um, gives another example of this. In speaking to the Pharisees, they had, they just rebuked him for not, and his apostles for not washing their hands, not going through that ritual of the whole process that they were supposed to before a meal. And, and Jesus says to them, it's not what you put in your body that defiles you, but what comes out of man that defiles them. So again, just reflecting on the fact that we're not perfect. And so to, to, rely just on ourselves and just on our thoughts to decide what truth is can be a problem. Pope Cardinal, or I said Pope Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, but you know what I mean. He, before becoming Pope, <laughs> uh, talked about the dictatorship of relativism, and moral relativism is exactly what I'm talking about, the idea that I can make a truth, um, you have your own truth. And when that happens, when we all have our own truth, we become our own God, right? And when we are our own God, we start to serve ourselves, right? Maybe we quit serving God, and that's not the path we want to go on. So if our feelings are not the solution to every decision, then what is? Well, the Lord gives us truth through Scripture and through the wisdom of the church. We're called the formation. It's a unique thing. Um, it's not unique just to us, but it's something that we do in our community. It's important to be formed in the Lord and in his ways. This helps us to make decisions that have a strong foundation and a good place to go back to. 
we can surround ourselves with brothers and sisters in the Lord. So I, you know, I, I might have a situation at work or family where I am upset with somebody and I have a certain way I think I should respond. It's good to bring that to brothers, <laughs> you know, and say, here's what I'm thinking, you know. What, what do you think of that? You know, there's, there's some wisdom in that. There's an opportunity to talk through those things to not just rely on my own truth. There's a lot of disunity in the world today. Um, the thing that kind of happens, and we've, we've come to realize this, it's prevalent in social media. You know, studies are starting to come out about it. Is people kind of find themselves in an echo chamber of thought, right? Um, and I'm guilty of this too. I've noticed on my YouTube, whatever I've watched, sometimes, well, always, what will happen is there'll be another <laughs> video like it or some other similar content. And thanks be to God, I do get the, ro I watch the rosary or listen to it, I do dishes sometimes, so I do get some good videos, you know, coming in from time to time too, help keep me on the right path. But it's easy to kind of get in a particular thought process. And the danger there is that and what our culture would teach us, unfortunately, is that if someone disagrees with you, just get them out of your life, you know? Just move on and get them out of your life. Um, it's, it's like the cancel culture, right? So, but as a Christian, how do we act, how should we respond if someone, you know, thinks differently than us or has a different point of view? Well, I think it's important to think about if I really believe that someone's doing something that's really wrong, you know, that is harmful to them, maybe harmful to others, uh, that it, they, maybe they've believed a lie, my response shouldn't be to be necessarily mad at them or to hate them. It, it should be the, the lie itself, right? As a brother, as a Christian, how can I go to them and create a relationship? How can I help bring them to the Lord, you know, versus this whole cancel, just be done with them and move on, um, write them off. That's not the Christian response to this. Jesus speaks of disunity um, caused by his truth. Like, he told us that there would be disunity. And he does, I think the answer to this, or the, like, the reason why, is obviously there's, there's disunity when the Lord's truth comes out and people rebel against it, is why there's this disunity and, and some disunity is okay because we shouldn't be united in sin, right? We shouldn't be united and say, just because it's easier, I'm going to go the path of just whatever anyone says, it's okay. Or just whatever the way the culture goes, it's okay. It's not okay just to be united in something that could be destructive, right? All right. So... What is our response as the church, as this mystical body of Christ? Well, the first thing is, is repentance. It is, it is to turn away from the things that are not of the Lord, right, in our own personal lives. We know the church is under attack. We see a contracting of our church. Um, there's a purifying, in a way, going on in a side of our church. There, um, unfortunately, have been bad people, you know? We're all sinners in the pews. There's sinners in the leadership of our church. And it's not to spend time to focus on those failings, but rather to turn um, and to repent and to live a life of holiness, which then, you know, then we can actually make a real impact. When that's, when that's what everyone in the pews is doing, when we're all striving for holiness and, and a life of repentance, 
that starts to turn the tide to change the church, right? People start to wonder what's different, you know, about this person. What's, what, uh, there's something attractive in that to people. So, so not spending time dwelling on it because there's really, even unfortunately in our own church, there's a lot of that. Like there's a lot of dwelling on the past sins. There's a lot of dwelling on people doing things the wrong way rather than what can I do personally to start to uh, repent and change my ways and help to make, make our whole church move in that direction. The Lord is about a constant work of salvation. Uh, it's important to remember that. And we're actually in a time of great mercy, which is awesome. Today, uh, I get St. Faustina's like diary, little s- snippets in my email every day. And today, uh, Jesus says, write this, before I come as the just judge, I'm coming first as a king of mercy. Um, then he talks about, um, before the days of justice arrives, there will be given to people a sign in the heavens of this sort. All the light in the heavens will be extinguished, and there will be a great darkness over the whole earth. Then the sign of the cross will be seen in the sky, and from the openings where the hands and the feet of the Savior were nailed will come forth great lights that will light up the earth for a period of time. This will take place shortly before the last day. I was just thinking about how much mercy that is. Like, I mean, if people don't believe and then they see a great cross in the sky and lights coming forth from it, like, that's got to be, that's an act of mercy. I mean, right? Like, <laughs> that's like the last chance to like, whoa, there's something about this. You know, like that's, that in itself is going to be an amazing work of mercy from our Lord. But he's all about mercy. Um, and so let us be a church of mercy to bring people back to him. Jesus will equip us with the grace that we need to face anything in our life, um, we just need to, to ask for it. We just need to engage him and seek him for it. And so to end, how do we re- respond as a community to the world? You know, this talk is definitely not exhaustive, and you're thankful for that, of everything <laughs> going on in the world. But I wanted the people to walk away with whatever it is in the, the going on in the world a, we can't just float along with the current. Like, we have to be different. We have to choose and intentionally choose to be different. Um, and then there's hope in that the Lord is about great things. So to end, let's talk about how we respond as a community. And I think the first thing, as I mentioned kind of early on, that the charismatic movement is a renewal in the church. A renewal is a work of mercy, right? That the Lord would be about reigniting a love for him and, a, and just a, a reinvigorating of the faith. That is a, a, an awesome work of mercy from our Lord. He knew that what risks we would face. He knew that to be alone would not go well. So he brings people together into a community to be supported. Now, to, to go out and to live in the world and to choose the good and to choose uh, a good moral Christian life, a life of discipleship, over everything else takes support and it takes brothers and sisters to look to and say like wow that they're not doing that like i can i can stick to my guns and do that too you know i can i can avoid x i can avoid this or that whatever it might be because i've got brothers and sisters who are also doing that to be built up in the midst of difficulty is is amazing because it's if if everyone we were with was going down a path that is not good, that is turning us from the Lord, it'd be really difficult on our own to, to go against that current. 
We must hold one another up, and, and, and we must live for Jesus and follow him together. Um, the work that is happening in this community is eternal. Um, it's, not, it's not just for now. Like, there's, there are eternal consequences to everything. And so, and the consequence can be a good word, too. So there's the, the work that we're about uh, of, of growing in faith, the work that we're about of praising the Lord, um, will, God willing, bring us to a place of salvation. And we should want that for our brothers and sisters as the first thing that we want for them. So we don't know everything that we will face in the future. Um, but we do, I think we do understand that living a secular life is not safe. Um, we were called by, by name. We know Jesus. He has called us to something different. And so we, we must just continue to make that response um, and to help one another to make that response in a community. There are many people who need us. <laughs> and, uh, and Jesus says that the, the harvest is, is bountiful, but the laborers are few. Um, and I just encourage us today that he has good laborers in this room. You are a good laborer. And he's inviting you to step into his vineyard, to go out and to spend the day working in his vineyard. And so let us choose to go work in his vineyard uh, and no one else's. Amen.